0: And I'm also curious to ask you if a student may be listening now maybe ask what could be the most significant parameter in the designing maybe the structure or something you have to consider so that you can take an account maximizing the energy embedded in the soft robot. That's first one. Well,
1: so um, and this is only the path that I took, right? Um, or the the, the the things that I'm interested in is more on Seeing what can nonlinearities do for us, um, I think this is something um, that a lot of people in the soft robotics communities are trying to minimize having um, material nonlinearities or structural uh, nonlinearities. And I'm highly interested in how are how can structural uh, nonlinearities be used um, to create better systems, uh, to create system where you can. Um, can uh, store energy inside, Um, for instance. And if you look at uh, the plant world, this is something that already happens in plants, right? We all know the the example uh, of the Venus flytrap that is able to store a tremendous amount of energy uh, within Uh, its curvature and all of a sudden it's been able to snap and release all that stored energy. And I think that's like a very good example of what soft robotics can do or what the philosophy of soft robotics uh, is. Um, And it is, in essence, is just storing energy in geometry, right? It's not storing energy in material nonlinearities, it's storing energy in geometrical nonlinearities. Um, and in that sense, that's like the, the, the pathway that I'm pursuing. And I think there's still a lot of things to explore. So for the, the young listeners out there, I think if you see something that is highly nonlinear, try to, instead of avoiding it, try to harness it and see what can you do with these uh, structural nonlinearities. I think that will be my advice.
0: I'm glad you mentioned this because this point is a really excellent point about uh non-linearities, especially for the material, because we, we already have first, George Weiss's side and think that nonlinearities can bring opportunities to soft robots. But I'm curious about geometric non-linearities, if you can elaborate more about examples for that.
1: So, um, so there are two types of, of non-linearities um, uh, and, and that are, okay, there are multiple types, uh, but for the field of ro- uh, soft robotics, if you, for instance, have an inflatable actuator. Um, at some point, we all know um, that their motion can be nonlinear. You can have a highly nonlinear bending motion and stuff like that. But really, what I'm saying here is that um, their input output characteristics is um, highly nonlinear in the sense that all of a sudden you have snap throughs. And you can see that, for instance, at a normal balloon. Right, if you want to inflate just a normal party balloon, initially it's very hard to inflate it. And all of a sudden you feel there's like a pressure peak. And when you go beyond this pressure peak, um, then you can see that it's very easy to start to inflate the, the balloon for the rest. And this pressure peak is just purely on geometry. There is no material non um associated with this initial pressure peak um, because strains are very, very um, small until that point. So this cannot be material non-linearities. If you then look, if you then inflate um, the balloon even further, then all of a sudden it gets to stiffen uh, back up again. Um, so you will, and actually you have like a pressure peak valley profile. Um, and the stiffening, that's a material non But if you look at that, even like, you can have highly non behavior, even at small strains. Um, and this is exactly the difference um, between geometrical nonlinearities and material nonlinearities. Normally, for um, material nonlinearities, you need to have extremely high strains. Um, and typically, these are very hard to model. And also, this quite stresses your structure, right? Uh, because we all know that if you, for instance, have um, a balloon that is uh, highly stretched, this is very prone to puncture. Now, if you take balloons or, t- or structures that are very thick walled, and you don't need to go uh, to these very high strains to still have a very non-linear input-output relationship. This uh, really uh, makes your life a lot more easy, right? Because you can really use very simple material models. Um, even just a normal neo Hooking material model is more than good enough to capture everything that you need. You don't need to go to very complicated uh, material models. Um, and then the question is uh, how do you, what are these nonlinear uh, geometry, geometrical uh, things that you can use. And there are quite a, uh, some that are already highly being explored in other fields. For instance, if you look at shell buckling or beam buckling, these are highly nonlinear uh, geometrical effects that happen um, for all materials. Um, so I think that's the, the main difference between uh, geometrical nonlinearities um, or structural non-linear, nonlinearities and material nonlinearities is just they happen without uh, stretching uh, the material to a high extent.